Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Revolution, featuring your host, Heisey Ludmers. Welcome to the show. Thanks everyone for listening and for joining Revolution with Heisey again this month. It's my pleasure to be here with you, and it's also my pleasure at the beginning of the show to welcome some fellow co-hosts for our roundtable discussion, Mildred Lynn McDonald. Good morning. John Caracella. Good morning, I see. And we have a special guest from Nova Scotia, Canada, who is joining us, Madonna McGuinness. Hi, I see. It's so nice to be connected with you again. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for uh, joining me for this discussion today. And um, I was prompted for the discussion by uh, something I'm currently reading and working on with uh, someone. Um, in It's a book called Make Magic of Your Life by T. Thorne Coyle. And uh, I'm just going to read a little excerpt from it that kind of is the, the genesis of our discussion today. And it, it relates to answering the call of desire, or as T. Thorne Coyle puts it in the book, the tug of desire. And she says, regardless of how desire arrives, what we do next says a lot about our conditioning and personality and our relationship with ourselves. We can choose to listen more deeply to this longing and find forms of self-expression that are not just ways to break free at any cost, but ways to invest in our soul's unfolding and our heart's desire. Do we really want to react against what life has given us, or do we want to take the time and put in some extra effort to choose actively what we really want? Reaction is not good enough. Learn to claim, to act, to say yes. So my first question to my distinguished colleagues here is when that call of desire is making itself known, how do you feel that we can recognize it and then listen more deeply in order to acknowledge it, honor it, and then be willing to take action on it? Well, I see for me, I think the first step uh, is to is to allow that desire is not a bad thing. You know, uh, you know, as as T. Thorne put it, um, what we do next says a lot about our conditioning, and I think in a lot of cases we're conditioned to think that desire, when it shows up in whatever form, is some indication of weakness of character, and uh, and that we should control ourselves and that we should have control and eliminate desires that take us off of our. Uh, off of away from our plan, whatever that is, uh, and I, th- I think that's that's what prevents us from actually listening deeply to the nature of the desire and what it's trying to convey. So, really, come for me, it comes down to accepting that the, there's a reason desire is 
being presented and to accept that that's actually a message that's what worth I, that's worth investigating what i found out about desire from a personal perspective is that when it appears in its beautiful form we tend to put restrictions on it and we say well i'll let myself experience this desire within this context or a little bit or not at all because it bubbles up all different types of emotions and the other thing i found and once again this is called being from the school of life is that because desire is such a wonderful feeling and a deep feeling and connected with maybe your higher self you have a tendency to think that it's all or nothing. If I follow my desire, oh my heavens, what will that mean in my life? Who will I become? Who will I not be anymore? Where will I be? What will I have to let go? So it brings about all kinds of questions. And what I've learned in, the, in dealing with desire is to tell myself it does not mean all or nothing. You can, you can pursue desire, that connection, that wonderful feeling, just a little bit as a pilot project and see where that takes you, because then that takes the pressure off. So that's been what I've learned, and I find it really works for me, and maybe it'll work for some of our listeners. I see desire for me is, is a really interesting uh, feeling concept. I grew up in a culture where desire was named dissatisfaction. So for me, those initial feelings when I was really young of desiring something different, something new, some change, was always uh, defined as dissatisfaction by my parents, by my culture. And so it's been a real uh, challenge for me in my life to open up my heart to desire, desire of being the person I feel comfortable with living the way I'm comfortable and just allowing that process to lead me. I'm still struggling with that, the impact, I call it, of desire, of allowing desire to live freely. But I think I'm becoming a pretty good student of it. And I think we are students of desire wherever it does decide to lead us. And I think, you know, what I'm hearing from, from all of you is probably some of the first steps are to examine what our relationship to desire is, what our definition of desire is, uh, and the, the willingness to not feel we have to somehow master desire, but perhaps always be a student or at least always be in the process of learning and practicing desire rather than thinking we're somehow going to master it at some point uh, and move beyond it because it's not really something to move beyond. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in the question I'd asked about how can we listen more deeply, I think that also speaks to not being in a rush to necessarily feel we have to take action on desire, but to be willing when we do hear it calling to sit with it and to listen to what it has to say, to to listen with the body to see where it's coming from, because that may then indicate or, or give us a clue as to what kind of action to take or what form our action needs to take at that time. So 
once we have started to do that, what what have you found when you have allowed yourself to follow the call of your desire? What has been an indication to you that you have moved beyond the fear, the reaction against, the limitation, whatever it is? What is it that kind of indicates to you that you are starting to move beyond that and you're giving into the desire and you're starting to pursue it and allow it to be something that you are trying to manifest in your life? Um, so much of what, uh, <clears throat> so much of what Mildred Lynn and, and uh, Madonna shared resonates with me in that what we choose to make it mean to follow our desire, to allow our desire. Uh, does it, you know, the fear of, oh my God, who am I if I allow this desire to manifest itself? Or even that I have it. What, is, who, what does that make me? Uh, relinquishing the fear of that is so important. And uh, so for me, it's sitting with sitting with the desire unsatisfied for a little while and this is something that that both Madonna and you Heisey brought up letting myself actually feel the unfulfilled desire in depth helps me to refine just exactly what it is that I'm desiring you know like if I'm hungry I can just grab something or I can sit with that hunger and figure out what exactly is it that my body is hungry for. And I find that that process, the refining of my understanding of the nature of my desire, helps me to be very much more productive and much less fearful about satisfying it. Um, I guess if I can think about where desire has led me to this day uh, from, from the point where I started to understand that if I put a lid on my desire, um, that it was continuing to give me bad health, both physically and emotionally that if I put a lid on desire, then I wasn't living authentically. My family was being shortchanged because I wasn't really who I believed I was. I think desire is absolutely critical uh, for us if we are determined to live authentically with integrity as we move through the days, months, and years. And the biggest challenge for me is turning down that voice that has always said to me, if you follow your desires, you will hurt people, you will cost yourself financially, etc., etc. So, yeah, it's, it's a big one for me. I found with desire that I had to put it in a context where it was okay. So I decided to make desire my friend. 
and also marry it with yearning. And in terms of yearning, it was a yearning coming from my soul, and it was something that didn't go away. So, so part of my understanding and reckoning with desire and, and coming to terms with it is learning how to trust it and making the conscious decision to trust it. And then when I trusted it a little bit, it would make me feel good. And I had to learn how to make that feeling of feeling good and connected to my heart more important than any external validation or non-validation. So it was the beginning of my path to disengage from maybe messages that I was brought up with or messages that I've internalized or things that simply weren't in my best interest. So the big kernel of, of wisdom from my end, and maybe our listeners have found something similar, was to, number one, understand that, that this desire was not going to go away, that it was the answering to a yearning in my heart, and that the desire was worthy and actually, in my perception, more important than anything else anyone else had to, anything else people had to say simply because it was coming from my heart and it was true that's been a little bit of my journey and i think similar to what mildred was saying when we begin to give ourselves over to the desire and follow that call that we start to feel a sense of lightness we don't feel that it's a heaviness or a burden to follow it, to act on it, to pursue it. I think we also have a certain sense of certainty uh, in that we stop looking for, let alone needing, validation, approval, input from outside of ourselves to let us know that it's okay to do this, um, to let us know that, you know, I still like you, even if you're doing that or, or whatever. We, we, move beyond that and we don't need any of that and we find that that becomes irrelevant because we know we're being true to ourselves and following the call where it's taking us rather than needing other people to weigh in and say that it's okay to do so or that somehow that call or wherever that desire might be is okay in some way. Uh, so as a, a last thought, I, I would ask each of you what you either have learned in your own experience or just maybe intuitively, you know, suddenly get however this comes to you, um, what would you suggest is one thing that people could do today to begin to give themselves permission to actively choose and pursue their desire and where it's calling them? Um, what can they do to move from an emphatic no to an enthusiastic yes in response to the call of their desire. I see one thing that really helped me when I was on this path was to look for inspiration from other people who actually followed their desire. And I did go to the bookstore and I did go to the section that talked about people's lives. And I did just pick a bunch of books and went and sat down in the comfortable chair and started to look at them. I decided within myself, if other people could do it, then I can do it too. But that was that didn't fill, fill up my tank. So I really needed to 
dive into more information in terms of the tools. Well, yes, they followed their desire, but how did they get from A to B? And I found books or perhaps online resources specifically relating to the person's journey, how they did it was wonderful to help me go step by step. So that's what I'd like to offer to our listeners today. And I see one of the things that I've done um, is it, it relates to sitting with the desire unfulfilled. Uh, and that is to actively walk myself through my fears by imagining fulfilling that desire and then really, really carefully and compassionately looking at myself and saying and looking at the world around me and how the world might react and even the negative stuff right so let's say let's say people react negatively but how does that square with how i feel having satisfied that desire uh and and this is where really getting to know the nature of the desire is so important because i what i found is that when i actually really go into the deep refined understanding of the desire and then i do that exercise i find that if it's a really if it's if it's something if i understand the desire clearly then the reaction from the world is never as negative as the satisfaction that i feel in satisfying the desire is positive so it's visualization for me getting to know the desire and then visualizing the consequences in in the reaction of the world to me fulfilling the desire. Um, I really believe that we have an obligation to be happy. And for me, desire, um, acknowledging my desires, attempting to follow where they lead me, fulfills that obligation that I have. I know that if I'm not happy then the people in my life are not happy. So what is the ripple effect that I'm creating by not following my desires? I've certainly counseled good friends. I've, I've read, you know, many of the books that Mildred is talking about. I think that um, understanding uh, that desire is a healthy way to create uh, is really important and to for me when I don't follow desire it's also a physical reaction Uh, my heart gets smaller um, everything gets tight and then when I'm allowing myself to feel what that desire feels like I feel my heart get bigger it's warm um and I love that feeling. So I think it's really practice. It's just sitting with how will I feel if I acknowledge my desire, if I try to follow some aspect of my desire, how will that feel? And I turn to one of my favorite tools, the Tarot, to ask this question. Um, and the card that came up is the Page of Pentacles. And, you know, I think that that is a card that reflects much of what has already been said. Um, it's about grounding that desire 
and embodying that desire. So it's taking that time to sit with it, as John said, um, and allowing it to really become a, a part of you in a tangible sense so that it's not just some ephemeral idea. It's something that you feel in your body that is a part of you and therefore you now need to express that or make it real in the world. Uh, so so look at what feels real, tangible, what is it that you feel you can embody in this moment, and that reflects what step or action that you can take at this particular moment to move towards the desire, to bring that desire into being. Um, Page of Pentacles also reminds us of being... <clears throat> being compassionate, being gentle with ourselves, giving ourselves a little bit of grace to move through things. We don't have to be in a hurry. We don't have to be in a rush to make it all happen tomorrow. It can unfold over time rather than something that just comes together all at once. Sometimes that happens, sometimes not, but it's just honoring whatever that process and timeline is. And it's being able to express our desire in the world in a voice that is true to who we are and that is reflective of something that is real and right for us, not something that is just a copy of what somebody else has done, not something where we're trying to simply mimic what we've seen has been successful for someone else, but is something that feels right and real and true to us so that the way it's expressed is also staying true to us. So with that, I would like to bring our conversation to a close. I hope that people listening will take this opportunity to stop for a moment today, listen to their inner self, their heart, their soul, to see what desire may be pulling them, calling them, tugging at them at this time. Uh, I would encourage you, if you feel so uh, inclined to check out T. Thorne Coyle's book, Make Magic of Your Life, because if you're feeling that pull of desire at this moment, that's a great resource for being able to start working through that, listening to that, and putting that into action. And I will thank my uh, esteemed colleagues, John Carousella, Mildred Lynn McDonald, and our special guest, Madonna McGinnis, for joining me in this discussion here today. Uh, and stay tuned. Uh, later in the show, if you would like to get a reading, you have the opportunity to call in and uh, receive a reading. Uh, and if you would like to do that, you can get into the queue now by Skyping in from the show page or calling 646-716-5510. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Listening to Revolution with host Heisey Lutmers. Find out more at facebook.com slash revolution with high C.
My revolutionary guest this month is Feng Shui Master Alita Lito. Alita Lido is a classically trained feng shui master who has consulted worldwide for over a decade. She has been honored to apprentice with world-recognized masters of feng shui, healers, and architects. Born in Latvia, where her studies focused on physics and mathematics, Alita serves clients around the world from her office in Los Gatos, California. Alita is a graduate of Golden Gate Feng Shui School, where she continues to teach students as a guest lecturer. She has received certifications and awards from the Golden Gate Feng Shui School, the European School of Feng Shui with Feng Shui Architects, Feng Shui Educational Seminars in Hong Kong and China with Masters of Feng Shui, Jody Brunner and Howard Choi, and from Master Louis Ming in Da Yuan Circle Wisdom Science and Chinese Pole Star and Almanac Astrology. Alita's consultations include evaluations of the exterior and interior environments to identify strengths and weaknesses in order to provide optimal solutions to improve the good energy flow and bring positive balance to a client's surroundings. She also incorporates a client's personal destiny analysis based on their Chinese astrological natal chart to identify key findings about how a client can reach their life's full potential. To find out more information about Alita's services or to schedule a consultation with her, you can find her on the web at www.alitalito.com, which is A-E-L-I-T-A-L-E-T-O.com. So please join me in welcoming this month's revolutionary guest, Feng Shui Master Alita Lito. And welcome, Alita Lito. Thank you so much for joining me here on Revolution today. It is once again a pleasure to have you here to share your wisdom with us from the feng shui slash Chinese perspective. Perhaps you incorporate more than just Chinese. I'm not sure. That's true. That's that's right. But thank you, Hai Si. I'm uh, very happy to meet with you on a yearly basis. And uh, hello to everybody who's listening. And And do you pull from more than just the Chinese aspect of things? Yes, because you have to, you know, we are living in a modern uh, world and it's fairly, fairly complex in itself, but also uh, there's so much versatility and it would be like a, you know, openness in the world right now with the, with the internet, with the communication aspects, with exchange of information we cannot just be specific just to applying from one perspective from let's say chinese or mandic arts of the or the eastern philosophy only i think integrating the your own roots your own backgrounds your own culture is important because that's is a part of the identity like your native language so and are there things that that you incorporate and pull from from where you hail from originally yeah, I think the uh, from I'm, uh, I'm originally from Latvia, and 
our Latvian roots start way beyond uh, the nomadic as with the nomadic traditions and then paganism before the all the Christianity movement. So connecting to the land, believing in the natural forces like thunder gods and sun gods and cloud gods and mother earth is very, very uh, natural to me personally and through the experience. So that's why I think the, the feng shui study and the Chinese mantic arts have integrated you know, me being from the, you know, blonde, blue-eyed European practicing feng shui uh, sometimes sounds like, well, how come? But then I see there is a deeper connection because we come from a very deep root, which is the humankind. And the, that commonality is worldwide. Well, and, and I guess you have commonality, isn't our, our new first lady from Latvia? Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Um, so, well, I mean, obviously the term we're using is because we're looking at the quote-unquote Chinese New Year of the fire rooster. Um, although I've heard that actually it's better to refer to it nowadays as the Asian New Year because it's not just China that celebrates it. That's right, Asian yeah, that makes more sense too. Yes. Um, so uh, before we start looking at the, the, the year coming, and, and this year of the fire rooster just started on January 28th, I believe, correct? Right. So there's a two, there's a, actually there's a many cycles when we think about the, it's not only yearly cycle that we are referring to. We can we we can talk about daily cycles. We can talk about hourly cycles. We can talk about the uh, twenty year cycles, hundred and twenty year cycles, sixty year cycle. Um, so there's many cycles within. There's the twenty four chinodes, you know, also cyclically reappearing every two weeks. Um, so there's a cyclical aspect that we experiencing uh, reappearing over and over and over. Uh, but we not. This is not just a year that makes a big leap. We are within the uh, bigger cycles of its universal appearance, reappearance, and uh, so I always treat this like lunar year. Is a the twenty eighth is a cycle of the new year of the Yin year aspect, and then it calibrates to the 3rd of February or 4th of February, depends, like this year, with 3rd of February, when solar cycle of the rooster year started, and we had that breathing spa, like collaboration of the yin and yang, and chi was within those uh, less than a week uh, time frame to start the new year. It's like, it's, I think about when we inhale and we exhale, there is a pivot moment in between inhale and, and exhale so the pivot moment is that calibration of the yin and yang well and it's, like a reset and it's interesting because you see that concept in a lot of cultures um you know one that i'm familiar with which is the comedic or the ancient egyptian culture they had what were called the five epigominal days mm -hmm. and those were these five days in between it was like this in between time um, from the end of the year to the beginning of a year. Correct. Uh, and uh, each of the days was associated with the birth of a particular god or goddess and that kind of thing. There, so, But that was the idea that these, these things that represent the cyclical aspects 
you know, are born or reborn every year. And so you have that in between period for that to take place before it actually starts to manifest. That's right. Yeah. So talking about in-betweens, um, maybe we could start by talking about what the previous year was, which was the year of the monkey. I, I forget which kind of monkey. It's fire. <laughs> but it was a fire, fire monkey. monkey. Um, so so <laughs> can you give us a little bit of a um, comparison to what the energy of the year of the fire monkey was that we just finished to what we transition into for the year of the fire rooster? So first of all, I would like to make a suggestion to everybody who listens that we should treat the year of a young fire monkey and transition to the yin fire rooster as one whole year. And you might ask why. There's one of those unique times when inner element of the rooster and inner element of monkey are identical. The both are metal. The quality of the last year of the young fire and now transition to the yin fire, I almost would, if I was compare to the young fire like a sun, the sunshine, the, the, the flames, the, the brightness, the uh, sometimes out of the control, you know, environment, comes to the point to this yin fire like shooting star. And the experience from all the experience that either favorable or not so favorable should be taken into the account and cannot be neglected. That will be number one suggestion in general. If somebody says, well, I'm done with the fire monkey year, I'm ready to start something new, then I'm sorry. That would be not quite yet. That something new or something different truly will going to start at the year of a dog. This part of the transition is a big continuum. It's almost like comparing to the campfire. You know how we build a campfire, and the, as soon as you start the fire, you put the logs, you put the, all the starters, and the flames are going, and sometimes they you know, add more logs, and there's a peak of the time in your fire that the flames are just ex- exuberantly expanding, but you almost kind of have to you know, step back, and it's like, whoa, and a little under control. still generates light and heat, but with a, like a distance from the core versus we transitioning to the rooster yin fire which now the flames are down the logs are full of this um you know burning hot purplish cuz like a heat it's generated but it's not so invasive and so dangerous we still do not touch the logs because they are still burning right but the heat is more kind of softens and expands and this like a you know, can envision like a night, like evening campfire, but with a low, low flame, lots of heat, but low flame. So that also gives you the transition from this being on a, on a stage, being in a spotlight, being on a very, you know, with vibration and almost like a creating revolution in its, in itself, calming down, sitting down, settling and revealing with a precision. So this, yeah. Well, and I, I think that that 
makes a really good point because when people celebrate the calendar new year, a lot of times you'll hear them say, you know, like, oh, 2016 was just horrible. And so they think that 2017, January 1st, that's the kickoff of a new year. It's all going to be totally different than it was mm-hmm. the year before. But they almost are setting themselves up for challenge or disappointment because they're not recognizing that what was before carries over and can take time to dissipate. It may be changing, but it's not just like this, you know, black and white boom. (laughs) It's different at the stroke of midnight kind of thing, you know? And so I think that that is really important for people to realize, even when we think of like the, the Chinese years or the Asian years that, um, it, it is that sense of just transitioning from this into this, but it's not necessarily something completely different or brand new, just a different feel or energy to what was before and how we can maybe experience or work with it in the coming year because it's now slightly different. Yeah, and, and especially if we if we would reflect from the Chinese cosmology um understanding of fire element of fire transformation there's a several like a key con key words that would describe the fire and we're talking about like energy we we we're talking about fire like a catalyst we're talking about fire like it's an activator stimulator transformer powerful uh overcoming surprise surprise the consumption, energy, excitement. This is all within the fire description in a different range, in different, you know, color. It's, it's, you know how it is. You can, you can have a small candle light in a cave and you know where to, where your ending point is. Like, you know where to, what's your distance is. And you can be in this, you know, bright sunshine that totally like put your eyes up and blurred and you cannot make a shot, right? Because you are like blind, blinded by sun. So there's so much extremes, but this all involves yang fire or yin fire, the fire element within these uh, both, um, both, uh, both elements that we're talking about. So. Well, and I would think of like, when I hear year of the monkey, you know, I think of like monkey mind (laughs) from a Buddhist (laughs) standpoint, Um, but there's that sense of kind of, either being scattered or just kind of all over the place, or it's not very focused because the the monkey mind idea is like, oh, I'm thinking about this and suddenly, oh, here's a shiny thing. Now I'm thinking about this and oh, no, now I'm over here. And the rooster gear, that energy seems to become more focused. So we're able to take, like you were saying, that kind of scatteredness and now become more honed and focused with it towards a very much more particular or intentional purpose i guess you could say yes uh, absolutely i think uh, this is a very very important transition as long as we're not like neglecting the previous experience of the past year and transition would uh, if i would bring the story that's think about if i have a puzzle box you know pieces and if I'm a monkey, like acting like a monkey, then last year, monkey threw all those puzzle pieces up in the air and envisioned that those old puzzle pieces are just floating. And before they land, rooster has already calculated, looked at it and picked, caught piece by piece. And when they were landing, he got the puzzle all done with the precision, with the intense precision. 
that's where the spoken word, that's where the spoken messages, that's where the written, uh, anything that's been uh, kind of cyclically in the last four years was hard to be processed or people were maybe energetically were not paying attention as much. This might be a first year where the listening skill and understanding or communicating clearly will finally will hit the most of the, you know, most of the mass. Because the year with the wood wood horse that we had in 2012, no, that's what was that dragon, uh, in 2014, the year of a wood goat, uh, that was just too innocent, too kiddish, too too light, too about nature, too about listen, not going in deep, deep, deep aspects of things. And monkey kind of came, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> and the rooster, <clears throat> the rooster is finally bringing that precision focus. Focus what's been said, what's been done, and let's do something about it. Um, and I, I think that two similar qualities between monkey and rooster are that they're, they both tend to be very personal, like they're about me or mine. But the rooster starts to, because and the monkey is more about, you know, me, 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 me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the rooster says, um, it's about me and the other. So what do I bring and how do I help serve or be a part of the larger picture? rather than just the me picture? Um, I think uh, this is very well, uh, you're absolutely right. What the great qualities that Rooster has is a nobility. It's a noble aspect of things. Even we sometimes describe Rooster that they are show off and and they kind of, you know, bring the characteristics that, you know, there's never two roosters in the, (laughs) in the kitchen coop. Like it's, it's, it's only one one rooster that is holds the ground um the competitiveness it's not about competing it's about not confusing because when when there's one leader that's you follow the leader if that leader is not good enough <laughs> you're making changes right but at least there's a leadership to be followed in a sense of the precision the quality of like it's a clarity who is the leader and the rooster likes to be a leader. Yeah. For me, I tend, I, I saw one thing where they, but maybe they were just talking about certain qualities of the rooster and they were comparing it for, to Western astrology to Virgo. But I tend to think of it more like Leo um, in that it, it being very out there in the spotlight, very showy, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's, but there's a, a time and a place for that. And there's a need for that because Everybody can't just kind of fade into the background if we're actually going to move something forward or accomplish something. Somebody has to emerge or stand out as as the leader. Um, So would you say that in a rooster year, um, people need to pay attention to opportunities, situations, or even just internally this kind of calling that they're getting to step up or to step out or to take on a greater role of leadership or put themselves out there in the world more? Absolutely. This is a finally the year of self, like a skillful cultivation, like self 
skillful cultivation for every for everybody because that's what the rooster is this is the chi that brings it's it's available to all of us is to to with the precision if you have a talent you have a an opportunity to precisely work on it and to develop that skill and when we uh, when we when we start focusing let's on our talents or on our skill then we also what we're doing in the environment we connecting something that is not a, like average becomes like a skillful in a deeper sense that also could be taught you know like a, like a mastery of things so you can become a masters in your skill set right now and that's what the rooster allows us to do this year it gives that gives that opportunity which which also means it's it's calling us to kind of step up and take responsibility for the direction our life is taking and to not just be a a passive liver of life but to be an active participant engaging in our own lives and where we want them to go and what we want to be doing yeah and and you know what I, sometimes i think like you know year a year of monkey kind of was very good uh, to throw all those ideas what you can become you know because i think that's what the monkeys are good is just to be entertaining uh and bring that like on you know anything could happen you never know <laughs> being ad- uh, like uh, adaptable to things hey if this it, there's there's something about monkey chi that can kind of almost like bring the bag turn it around you know put it everything on the ground and you pick and choose and the rooster is the one okay i like this i like that oh i'm good at this let's work on it so if it feels like monkey year shaked it <laughs> quite a few qualities in in all of us and then the rooster is right now is allowing us to with the precision to develop those for example let's say if somebody have started to write a book in a couple years ago or last year then this year to publish to 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 bring the book alive or to do your work you know with the precision and perform it's a good timing it's a perfect timing to do so also say that this is the year where you would buckle down to really get that done to to start being more responsible you can't just like well when i have an hour here an hour there i'll sit down and write but i'm not like blocking time out to do it regularly i'm just gonna hopefully get this book done at some point Mm -hmm. but this is the year where we say okay nope it's time for me to start getting more serious about this or more focused about this and and creating more of a structure to say this is the goal and this is what I need to do to get that goal done rather than it just being haphazard, which is more monkey (laughs) approach. Yeah. Yeah. And if there was, uh, you know, those who have consulted with me in the past on a yearly basis and certain certain animal signs would, you know, would have to withdraw timely. Uh, for example, for the couple of years, there was ox. Ox chi was really kind of challenged to some extent. But this is the first year when the roosters, just the rooster and ox are in so compatible that bringing that quality out, just keep going, just keep going. So it gives like such a great opportunity that all that load of work that it was accumulated is could come to be published, to be come to be presented, to be talked about 
uh, so it's 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 more outwardly experience for some of the animal signs that are more yin and the rooster allows or the fire rooster allows that to bring to the light uh, i'm just going to ask a side question here quickly um so in western astrology for example um someone would get a yearly astrology reading on their birthday for their solar return to look at the upcoming year. Um, mm -hmm. When would somebody come, like if you say somebody is coming to see you every year, would that also, is that determined by they would come on their birthday? To, yeah. Kind of thing? Well, okay. the, uh, no, actually we do, I do the, uh, I do the readings for people when the a year turns and for Z-Way astrology that I practice, um, we the 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 cycle changes as the as the Chinese New Year cycle changes, and that impacts every natal chart accordingly. Because in uh in my readings we we focus not only on that chart that is based on your date of birth at the time of birth, but also on your ten year progressions where you are in your lifetime, and then you look for the progression of that specific year, like this year two thousand seventeen. Um, so, you know, another aspect of the, well, the monkey, but I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking the fire monkey probably in, in particular, um, is it tends to be about break everything apart in order to find a new or a novel way to approach it or put it back together. And so going from that to the rooster, the rooster says, now, instead of kind of the dismantling or the the destructive part of things in order for something new to come out of it. Now's the year where we start to say enough of that. Mm -hmm. Now let's focus more on what is it we're trying to construct? What is it that we're trying to manifest or bring about from having gone through that process rather than still be about take it apart, put it back together and see what it is. Oh, take it apart again, put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that the rooster year brings in this idea of starting to think more long-term rather Absolutely. than momentary well one good quality uh one good quality in the 12-year cycle i think what monkey did the fire monkey did is that speeded up the process because it, it took something apart so vividly <laughs> that that the rooster by following which we're so blessed to have the quality of the yin rooster fire uh, energy to to kind of coming behind that is that at least the pieces that have been taken apart, they're going to be put back with a precision. What we do have to be, believe is this magic that the rooster have in this pivot moment, like in, in between the inhale and exhale, the pivot moment, that in-between moment, the rooster has the time to do so. That mind works so precise and quick, or the acts are so precise and quick, that the, the skill is embedded in its act. And it's not just for its own egoistic aspect of, you know, kind of finding that, oh, that's me, Rooster did it. No, it's a really, because it's very skillful. It's good at that. As you <laughs> yeah. perhaps were alluding to, the, <laughs> the political climate of late uh, being no, illustrated by to... some of this. Oh, um, you know, it, 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 but it would also say, with the rooster coming in, though, it says, I think there's another aspect to me that's really important that we're challenged by is not only staying focused, but also mm -hmm. staying calm. 
You know, exactly. we're, we're not going to accomplish what we're trying to do mm-hmm. if we are in constant reaction mode. Right. Um, and, you know, if, if we think, for example, of the Women's March and the other protests that have sprouted up over the past couple of weeks, we're going to accomplish more if we stop just spontaneously protesting whenever something triggers us to being able to say, what's the bigger goal and how do we start becoming more organized and and um, structured around doing this in a systematic way. And I hear this warning from a lot of people too, because a lot of people say they feel exhausted already just within the first couple of weeks of this new administration that we have. Yeah. And, you know, there's this advice that is given that says, look, it's going to be tiring. So we have to know how to pace ourselves so that we can maintain diligence, vigilance, and action over the course of four years, rather than we spend it all all of a sudden in the first few weeks. And then we feel so exhausted and burned out that we have to just back up and stop, which opens up opportunity for things perhaps to get done that we might not have wanted to have done because we weren't there to keep keep up the pressure. Yeah, but hi, see, I, I just want to tell you something that is in a transition moment. And I think that's what I think we're missing to understand this cyclical reappearance, okay, on continuum of the year. That if I, if I would say that the rooster year was born, okay, on the between the 28th of January and the 3rd of February, the quality of chi is still very kind of it's it's a very little young within a larger yin because we are in this winter season where the the bigger power is this like great great grandma like fire monkey grandma yin big like almost like still not still there has not died hasn't passed right holds this new like an infant rooster Okay, and they both are almost like incapable because grandma is almost like barely walks and the newborn rooster doesn't walk, doesn't know how to walk. Okay, the quality of chi for this very deep yin and 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 also just the newborn young of the new year. Okay, they're not mature. And for us to be fightsy and to be like over, you know, over exhausting ourselves emotionally and physically and, and it's not the right conduct overall for the, for the, for the whole country. Because if we want to embrace, we need to strengthen the earth element. If we're talking on this feng shui terms, we need you to go back to tradition. We need to go back to the, uh, to boundaries of our, as a culture, as a, as a as the whole country and stabilize that go back to the root go back to what has been as a tradition embedded and that's why having the compliance with the ox of this year ox character you know for oxes this year with the rooster is really really good year finally one of the first years for the oxes to step up keep doing what they're doing with the precisions with the stability with so my point is that we cannot jump into conclusions. The the results or the settling this kind of confusion, it's going to be more clarity towards the end of summer and fall. 
if we will fall because that's when the rooster energy will be more mature as well. It's not going to be just an infant stage, but it's going to be more mature, with more experience, more settled, will we'll be start recognizing those qualities. And those are going to be more precisely available to us. Still, think about monkeys as a year, right? Monkeys have a two, two hands that they jump from, but they also have a tail. As a you know, as a third, and that's why the lingering tail that it's like not letting go so easily to the transition is kind of impactful. That's why you know the movement and the mass like reactions and things. It's like it's still kind of <laughs> is a part of the last year, and I don't want to separate these two years. I really want to take all of it, all that experience, and just sort and recognize. What can we use and what we can't? What serves us and what doesn't? But in a just in not too outspoken way, but but reflecting to ourselves, our our own conduct, our own human behavior, with generosity, with kindness, with respect, no matter what it is, just as a whole system. So strengthening the earth element is what I would you know highly suggest suggest after going through this transition. And so um, right now for people, what would be some ways that they could strengthen the earth element in themselves or in their space? What is, um, what is their solid ground? And I think we have to go back to our, our own family cell, like what builds us, you know, me and my family, me and my children, my husband, what is the community connectedness to community? You know, start from the your, from within, out. What breaks your defense circle? What is your school circle community? What is your work? You know, these are the communities. And then connecting, but not going, you know, in opposite directions in a bigger picture because that's how we exhaust ourselves. We have to reflect where do we stand? Where we come? Where's our ancestry? Where are our great-great-grandmas and great-great-grandfathers? You know, getting that connectedness to that type of chi embracing it, reflecting and and face it with like are we reflecting their best intentions? And does our conduct is in accordance with that routine or with that pattern? Something that would be uh, you know, if we if we meet for dinner, we other families sit down dinner every Friday. That's the tradition. That's embracing earth element. If we are in a pattern, simplifying the pattern that's the tradition. You know, it's just the, it's re- repetition, simplicity and repetition that's needed to stabilize the earth. So with earth, I also tend to think about things like, you know, structure and container and boundaries and that kind of thing. So I'm thinking we can, and, and practicality. So mm-hmm. maybe we can break down into some more practical areas and think about what the year of the fire rooster means for each of those areas. Um, So maybe we can start on the, since we're at earth, start with the material realm Um, (laughs) in terms of things like work, money, finances, goals, projects. I, I think that, you know, an aspect of rooster energy tends to be that hard work will pay off, that we focus on more longer term goals, and we don't just try to have instant gratification with things. So what would you say for this year would be most 
beneficial and helpful if we were going to work in the best way possible with rooster fire rooster energy um, if we were thinking of how to apply that to things like work and our finances or goals and projects and things that we have it's it's a very promising year and it, it does depend on how how the individual you know previous year has been but for the during the fire rooster year the according to the finances the uh, anything that is with um, uh, not only accounting but in requires the detail oriented precision aspect of things is uh, is is kind of not profitable but it's it's allows to to flourish when we think about uh something that is innovative and new or never introduced before uh new designs new uh, something that you can kind of bring the new style or eclectically beautify that style that brings also the 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 flare of the fire rooster to stand out so promotional part the marketing part paying attention to your um all the logistics in a business in 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 that in the logistics uh, way is very important and very timely to take care of it for example i mean i personally right now also re redoing a certain certain you know websites and certain certain my own personal office logistics to have a, a precise system embedded in my in my in my place in my workplace just to be more efficient so anything that those industries correlate and obviously um we are so wired with the with the internet and all the uh, I think the social media uh, companies and everything else, they, they should be really, really succeeding within the year of a rooster because the, these are the communication part that, that could um, benefit because it's, it's fast, it's fast communication. And rooster likes to communicate quickly and precisely. Um, I would definitely suggest simplifying and, and speak with precision. So the, the, the idea about what is being expressed in one word, in two words, is going to be more powerful and way more noticeable. So the art of marketing um, could benefit as well in, in, this, um, in that sense. Well, one phrase that came to mind while you were talking about that is it's a year where the devil is in the details. Yes. And so you know, even if you're bringing something completely new and innovative to the world, you want to make sure you don't rush it into production or think about the surface aspects, but don't think about all of the underlying details and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, it's also, and you mentioned social media, but um, it's also, I think, a good year for things like joint ventures, for for reaching out and being more connected and, and including resources people etc around you rather than just doing your own thing yes and allowing to be um either you become a leader leading the projects uh, because the 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 monkey year the monkey year could have been um the monkeys like to start several projects at the same time the year of a rooster is about pick the ones that are most promising 
and stick to the ones and whatever that serves you you maintain the system that you are successful with or the idea that you're successful let's say if you have a startups like three startups you pick one or two don't run like all three that's not going to be it's just not advisable because right. the this is really like cut and sort cut and sort and that's why we correlate think about uh, rooster a month in a, in a lunar cycle. That's the towards the fall. That's when the trees, uh, let's say maple trees, re, you know, re- releases the leaves, and only the trunk, the, all the body of the tree is precision. You can see it. There's nothing, nothing to be imagined. The leaves are gone, and you all you see is the tree as it is grand shape, and that precision is like there's nothing to hide. That's all you have to reflect in your work, to reflect in your ideas and comply with that and pick the one that works for you and serves you the best is, is a true timing. Versus last year, during the year of a monkey, we had an option to, to pick and choose, be playful, you know, try this out. Why not? That was the all this like it was always like about amusement. Well, I never done this before. So this I never done this before was so often that the tryout time is over. Now you've tried it, you have to pick which fits you the best. What would you know kind of in the long term will kind of succeed as an end result. Because that's the, yeah, because it's kind of like you know if we're talking about material things, finances, whatever. Last year was kind of you, you don't need to make a huge investment in something or a long term investment in something. You know, exactly. if you want to try it out, go take that yes. weekend class. Go yes. go do that thing and see what it's like. But this year, like you were saying, you choose now because it's like okay, wait, where am I going to invest my resources? that they may be more tied up, less liquid, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's because I, it's just like telling somebody, if you're going to do the stock market, buy into the stock market, but do it for the long term rather than trying to, you know, buy in and out constantly. Yes. Maybe last year you could have done that a little more, but this year um, it, it's that idea of sticking with something and really investing where it will have the longer term good and payoff rather than just dabbling uh, in things. Um, And and, and also something that you had mentioned a minute ago too, is not only is it focusing on the details and that kind of thing, um, but it's also when you present it to the world, do so with flair, do so with a sense of aesthetic appeal and beauty, maybe even some flash. Don't just present it in this kind of stark industrial way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's more like tailored. So it's that's why we're talking about the yin fire. What's the biggest difference between young fire and yin fire? This is when the yin fire, how we make the jewelry pieces, how we melt the metal with a little bit of fire to make the curves and with precision cuts and bends and, you know, all the... T- trivial all the tiny time like that is how the like a, a watch has been created with that precision you know the the mechanism within the watch like in the old 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 days it took the intense focal precise precise time 
to do and bring that um, the value, bring that watch into your hand in a working in a working manner, right? So, so now let's maybe move into an area that uh, probably a lot of people are always asking about, which is love and relationships, and how we need to think about or approach that area of life in a year of the fire rooster. Well, there's, I can give you two words, probably, is the complexity and passion. And complexity because it takes for roosters a little bit longer to analyze and figure things out. And that would be if somebody is deeply in love and thinking about to to propose, then figuring out the date when and how it all preset, it might take a little bit more time than being spontaneous. Because they, I think that's where the precision aspect and, and working out all the details and in spontaneous love relationship way, it might not be as, as exciting. I mean, it's exciting, but it might take a little more work or a little more preparation or not really, well, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Because the roosters take time for that. Well, and, 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 and here's what might encourage people when they think about that, is taking that extra time means you can come up with something that is a little more showy. That's in, right. In the vein of the rooster. Um, <laughs> you know, so you can you can organize and plan that big flash mob dance for a YouTube video <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> or whatever, rather than it just being, you know, the three people at the restaurant that suddenly see you do it, and then that's it. Yeah, it takes more, it, it, the pre- presentation and how it's presented and how it's shown up. I think we might see through the year a very interesting cases of, uh, uh, let's say, you know, how I got proposed or how I got engaged or how I got this. So that might be an interesting stories to be shared through the year. I think, you know, more broadly, because we don't want to just focus it on people <laughs> and, and love relationships ready to propose, um, you know, I think there's also certain aspects that's just about the showiness, I think, also can say be more expressive towards anyone that you may love, friends, family, etc. You know, give that gift for no reason. Um, surprise them with things um, and and it, but then I would think on the other side of that is also because we're talking about the earth element um, a, a better defining of our boundaries in relationships mm. during this year right it's strengthening the boundaries yeah because the that's one element we really would like to link because otherwise um, if we think about the metal metal inner element of the roosters you know it's all it's cultivation precision and and you know consolidating things creating the attachment longevity then the fire it's kind of um, exhausts a little bit of those qualities and 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 element in between is the earth element 
that I, you know, that we apply in feng shui as well to smooth and to, to make the, the relationship and continuum in more healthier, healthier way. Uh, what it takes for the rooster <clears throat> and the, uh, the qualities in this pattern will be joyous. The celebration, bringing the families together, a ritual aspect, you know, celebration as a tradition. You want to come back to that and emphasize that because that's also will be inspiration or cultivation for the future generations. The continuum, cyclical reappearance, longevity, that's all adds to it our, if we strengthening the earth element within the fire, fire rooster year. Maybe that longevity also means that there's kind of a, a discernment during this year where we're culling some of the relationships that we no longer need to have just when we were, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, not just dabbling in things. Yeah. Um, that it's really looking at what feeds that, that deeper level of what we need and to really focus on strengthening those while maybe allowing other things that are more tenuous or shallow or haven't really taken root or whatever to fall away or to not take up so much of our time and energy trying to maintain it's uh, if i would use the word enlightenment that would be like enlightening you know either that uh, relationship serve you or not will be that kind of aha moment you will probably will be much easier for people to take that step one way or the other it's, it is a part of the sorting, what serves you, what doesn't. Make a more precise cut in a sense, okay, I'm done with this or I'm willing to move forward because that's what the, the embedded precision, the, also risk-taking, the risks that, that through the fire, fire element, we add the risk factor to it. But fire element, within a fire element, uh, taking a risk and struggling a little bit it's always the result is a victory. Which which also goes back to that idea um, of putting yourself out there more, being more direct, Vulnerable, or bold. Direct. You know, yeah. um, if there's somebody you want to talk to at the bar, go talk to them. Don't wait for them to, you know, <laughs> to approach you. To approach you. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. if you feel so uncomfortable approaching that way, then make sure that you dress in your finest, flashiest outfit to draw that attention and make them want to come over to you except no red remember this year did i mention that before you did not did i not no. yeah this is one of those unique years we we do not want to wear red and especially rabbits <laughs> the rabbit nature either the people who are born in the year of a rabbit or or born in the on a hour of rabbit is to be cautious about more like be more invisible. And in feng shui, the same thing. If you follow any books, and if the books state, you know, color your door, front door red, I would not do it this year. Would not suggest to do that year, this year. We, again, I want to embrace earth element, accents with yellow, with the more like a, a brown, earthy tones, softer tones, more grounded tones. And the red, is that because it would overstimulate the fire aspect? Uh, it's, it's, it's weakens the inner element of the rooster metal. Yeah. 
We just, uh, it's, it's been enough fire. Remember we want to, it's been enough. We just want to enjoy the heat. Now we're sitting at a camp- campfire, right? And we are just enjoying the heat and we are very, very close to the campfire circle. Right. We are all connected. Well, and so that, that brings us quite nicely to our next area when we talk about things that may weaken. Um, if we think in terms of health and physical well-being, uh, during this year, besides, say, wearing red, which may be not so beneficial. Um, are there other things that we both need to be aware of that could support and help on that side, but also that might be less beneficial or detrimental, um, kind of undermining our health and well-being? I think compulsion and anxiety is the uh, two weaknesses that create um, kind of predisposition on a weakening your immune system, and we are already know that we how how stressful the our current and how fast paced our current environment is, and uh, using the especially using the rooster hour to and that's uh, between the five and seven p.m. to slow down maybe just sit and observe. And really sit and look like what's going on to kind of almost like allowing yourself to slow down or be observant because that's that's also will be cultivating the information and intake because that's instantly will allow the body to release um, any any stress and anxiety. It gives you the kind of calmness. Um, I mean, I always I always um, suggest my clients mindful about your sleep and the hours that you you must uh, kind of <laughs> treasure is anything between 10 at least 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. please use it for sleep very important uh, that's there is correlation to the triple burner there's correlation to the lungs there's a correlation to the um, heart and blood vessels so there's all these other you can we we weakening if our own personal conduct not is in a sync with the nature so it's it's your the maintaining the routine which is again adding the earth element routine repetition simplifying but repeatedly you know continuously using that's all adds for good health and well-being in a and especially in during the year of a rooster yeah and i think that that ties into that more long-term emphasis and focus of don't compulsively diet versus change your eating habits overall for a a longer-term lifestyle way of eating. Mm -hmm. You know, um, work on maintaining the kind of, say, weight that you want to be at um, rather than constantly fluctuating. But it, that routine, that repetition, it says put things into place that you're going to be able to sustain and maintain over a long term rather than just the six-week crash diet or uh, I'm going to go to the gym for two weeks to get ready for swimsuit season and then suddenly yeah. stop exercising again. Yeah. You know, that. Th- so exactly this type of behavior is not going to uh, do well in a year of a rooster. Uh, and that's what even the, even though roosters are very lucky in the kind of adapting and they have a very strong digestion, for example, that's that's one of the born in a year with good digestion. And 
but if you, their system is not maintained as a routine, then we're definitely falling out of it and will not be able to recover as quickly. So, yeah, be mindful uh, about routine. That's that's a, I think that the biggest biggest uh, suggestion would be is to maintain the routine. It'll probably just include things like eating your meals around the same time each day. Uh, you know, um, and, and that kind of thing as well, rather than one day I ate dinner at six and the next day I ate dinner at 10 and 10 and the next day I had, you know, breakfast and lunch and the next day I only did lunch, uh, you know, yeah. so I would also think that that kind of routine would be far more beneficial. I mean, sure, it's always kind of beneficial, but I think here what we're saying is, especially during this year, you would see very tangibly the the benefits from that not only more immediately, but also that would be longer term lasting. Yeah. And and physical exercise is actually for the rooster because roosters are typically are, are intellectually driven. There's a lot of a lot of uh, things analytical and processing being used and physical body sometimes gets neglected. And the stress level that we kind of hold on through we don't have a chance to release it and if we don't release it through the physical activity that you know that could harm as well and that's like in in general terms but especially this year okay because the intense of the chi the intensity anxieties would accumulate much easier because that's what the roosters are about. They they are so detail oriented. They're so micromanager. You know, there's leaders and micromanagers. There's a lot of t- intake, and releasing by not um, not having the kind of mental exhaustion, but having physical exhaustion. Having the let's say I love to play tennis. I go in a court and I hit the ball, and all my focus is is just to hit the ball. Right. So with that precision and um, any any skill, uh, I think I've already mentioned any skill that you plan to develop. This is the great year. I would love to work on my serves. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm making the commitment and I'm working on a skill, specific skill in the engaging in, a, in something that you love to do, because the love to do is that passion, that fire that is within us. If we have to go somewhere and do things because we push to do it, I think that the, we will lack the result. Versus when we set our mind to say, I am like to improve this year a skill of better serving, uh, let's say in a tennis game. And I designate, I kind of plan it out and designate that commitment and see the results. Especially for people who are born in the year of a horse, and the year of a tiger, and and also for for rabbits, if they want to uh, develop that inner strength, inner skill, and the dogs as well, it's very important this year to be utilized for it because the skill for dogs and uh, and and um, Chinese cares are born in uh, tiger year, we will need that skill next year, the year of a dog, 2018. So it's almost like a predisposition of your you know, of your, of your performance for upcoming year. Uh, would, would that mean that rabbit, tiger, and dog are going to be, they may feel more challenged during this year? 
No, so the only person, the only uh, animal, like Chinese animal, that is feels like challenge is rabbits this year because they are in a diametrics. But it's not about like a vicious. It's like it, does, it doesn't mean that they're going to have a bad year. It's almost like it, what it means is you have to kind of re, re, kind of resign for a year, kind of fall, hold back, uh, be more inward. Uh, let's say entertain at home versus be in public. If there's any kind of sporadic, um, exciting things, no, then just you can probably say no, thank you. You know, be a little more modest and step back from the rooster year because it, the rabbits like on the year of a rooster are almost like in a retreat, on like a self-cultivating, self-reflective retreat. Because there's a there's disharmony how rabbits what rabbits think about roosters and what roosters know about rabbits. There's there's this disharmony in in communicating their own perceptions, and not to waste energy neither for rooster or rabbit. It's better to uh, withdraw for rabbits and just allow allow the rooster do its thing and gives a chance for. Uh, rabbits just to be in their inner inner environment when we talk about dog like dog chi it's important that we there are in trinity dogs tigers and horses are in trinity for 2018 and uh, it's more like how you conserve how conservative you are with the chi how how you can accumulate because you're going to be a front runner next year. So that's why your conduct this year is more like a steady paced, uh, following, listening, you know, follow the direction, the rooster. Don't be a front runner quite yet. For That's for dogs. But for horses, they have to kind of think back. They've been exhausted from the 2014 and also 2015 where there were you know leaping over and and ruling the year years at that time so they have not really uh, you know depends on their how they behave but they they need that strength as well more for year of a dog versus this year this year is about just follow what the roosters say. I just recently on my Facebook um, uh, business page, I posted a great YouTube video where the rooster was in the center and was just manipulating the horse and training the horse. It was it was realistically training the horse. And during this year for the horses, well, those who are born in the year of a horse, it would be great to communicate and slow down, really like even... Like like the roosters can approach horses with like, a, do you understand what I mean? This is giving you directions. Are you okay? So not to spook the horse that the the that the chi is still available and is strong in um, you know by the rooster, but not to spook and run away. And um, that would be those. Yeah, those are just a few a few animals I would like to emphasize for this year. The flip side, are there any particular ones that may thrive a bit more or find it very easy to really excel because of the rooster energy during this year? Yes, and those are uh, those are specifically will be snake, uh, ox, dragons, 
um, those are definitely. Why ox? Ox are, as I said, if the ox chi has been cultivated and, and kind of hold it in the space, in a place for the last three years, because there was quite a challenging for oxes um, in 2014 and also 2015. So that was when they were retreating. And this is the year when ox finally can come like out of the closet just and just keep doing what they are doing in more steady with a steady pace. Roosters love that. The roosters love this long-term commitment. And the oxes have this full patience to just cultivate and do it. And and the roosters bring that kind of they almost like fl- the if if the oxes have a project uh, in a process, then it's gonna flourish because now speaking about them or announcing them or launching the books or you know doing all those activities is gonna be so productive because oxes cultivated that aspect in a in a past year or two. And this is the, like, show and tell and show. Like, this is a time, there I am. There's manifestation process. It's extremely good year for dragons. And uh, the dragons and roosters are in, um, uh, also in, a, in, a, in from the folklore and the Chinese metaphysics, we know this is like emperor and empress. Um, roosters also reflected as more like a, a red phoenix or dragon with the with the wings or the feathers and it's a symbol of immortality so for dragon uh, for dragon this particular year is definitely uh if 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 the year of a monkey already because as it was in compliance with the monkey because there was a trinity between the monkey rat and dragon then this particular year for dragon is outstanding the rooster almost like sets the path like two, three, four steps in front of the dragon and allows the dragon to manifest all those grand ideas that it had. So fantastic year for dragons if if you invested time in the previous two years to prepare for it. This is always, there's always... It depends what your conduct has been in a past year and how you conserve or manipulated your own chi. You can bring that result. For um, for snake, the year of a rooster is also very unique because it's enough yin fire that exactly what snake needs to accomplish and to be more vigorous. Because we know in in nature, like um, characteristics that correlate to snake is more like withdrawn, a little bit like, uh, I wouldn't say negative, but just have that flair of, um, I told you so, and maybe a little bit more standoffish or critical to the sense. Then the rooster, on the other hand, brings this kind of positive and and stimulating chief for the snakes like oh no this this seems very good well let's do it because snakes have lots of wisdom lots of like almost like x-ray screening ability of any project uh, they intuitively on more involved versus the uh, versus the rooster chi adds to its more simplicity and precision and that's when the combination is just is just beautiful combination to to 
wrap up, yeah. are there some basic or general feng shui tips or cures or that kind of thing that you would suggest people could employ um, just to best uh, navigate through, take advantage of um, the the year of the rooster? Of course. So if we follow the flying stars and influences of this, of the yearly stars in 2017, then I think the majority might be aware that this particular year, we have to be very mindful what's happening in the south, south area, south location, south sector of your property or your home. And also the northwest area of your home. This will be like kind of the key uh, where I suggest uh, my clients to create the salt cure uh, to almost like subconsciously connect to universal powers to neutralize if there's any, you know, at any point invasive, not welcome chi is approaching that you are protected. And it's very simple to set up and feel free to visit my uh, Facebook page. I will pin it on the top page that I did the live uh, a live uh, video just recently a few days ago. And just follow simple rules and all you need is the empty jar, the salt, the sea salt, a quarter, six pennies and your your good intentions. And it's very simple, but it really works. It, it works if you believe it. And those are the two areas. Be mindful if you have a main door in the south, like south-facing main door. I would also uh, recommend to add more earth uh, elements. Sometimes even, uh, for example, uh, uh, flowers like with the yellow blooms, like for example, orchids. You can have out, out, outdoor orchid plants, like set it up with the yellow flowers. Sometimes just adding the the yellow some kind of accent pieces or earthy pieces or clay uh, that's all helpful but eliminate the red if you can right so um can you let people know what your website is where they can see that video of the salt cures and then also your facebook page and any other um information for contacting you or finding out about additional services you offer yeah sure um so my my website is uh www a e l i t a l e t o dot com so aelita lito dot com and facebook page you can find me on feng shui aelita and also apl designs I know if you Googled or uh, find on Yelp, uh, I think it's fairly easy to also locate uh, that the links. And Facebook page, as I said, after this conversation, I'll make sure it's available on my website as well on, uh, on a Facebook. So to finish each conversation, I always have one, a question from a previous guest for you to respond to. They didn't know who would be asked. And then I will ask you for a question to ask a future guest, not knowing who that might be. So the question from a previous guest who is a life coach, Zach Scheib, um, he asked, 
if you met yourself five years in the past, what observations do you think you would form on that five-year younger version? How would you see them? And what opinion would you have about your five-year younger self? Mm. Brilliant question. And I think it's, well, if he would have said 10 years ago, I would definitely confirm our meeting. <laughs> um, I think the level of confidence and meaning in a skill that's embedded in a deeper levels that comes as a first to my mind right now. Because five years ago, there was a lot of um, uh, initiation and and maybe the vast, vast way to conquer the world, if, if I may say. But those five years crystallized to something also the rooster is very good at, you know, precisely devoting myself to the skill. And... Five years ago was the time when I made that decision. And then what question would you like to ask a future guest? Um, can I write that to you? I'm not prepared, obviously. <laughs> For future guests. Um... It can be spontaneous. It can be a serious question, a funny question. It, it doesn't matter. Just whatever question pops to your mind in this moment. Mm. If they can, uh, if somebody can reflect anything that correlates to their ancestral or lineage qualities or memories, I always love to hear those stories. I'm fascinated usually with, the, with my clients when they share the stories. Uh, so if the next guest can share the story from their ancestral kind of experience, what was has been most impactful in their life, uh, I would love to know. Excellent question. Well, Alita Lito, thank you so much for taking time to join me here today and also to help everyone listening better understand what kind of energetic weather pattern is moving through the year with our fire rooster and how to take full advantage of it as well as what to be prepared for. So thank you very much for having been here to to share that wisdom and insight with us. You're very, very welcome. And as a last, I'm very grateful to have this opportunity and I wish everybody kindness and patience. I think that's what we can cultivate uh, easily. It's in our nature, in our human nature. So thank you so much. Uh, and stay tuned. Uh, if you would like to get a reading, you have the opportunity to call in and uh, receive a reading. You can get into the queue now by Skyping in from the show page or calling 646-716-5510. We will be right back.
You're listening to Revolution with host Heisey Lutmers. Find out more at facebook.com slash revolution with high C. Revolution with host Heisey Lutmers. We hope you enjoyed the show. Find out more at facebook.com slash revolution with high C. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lizney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. This is Deb Carousella. Thank you for joining us.